We're trying to create a culture. You're not going to be able to change the culture overnight. The Miami Heat culture. This part of this culture. Culture. Let's go. The Getting Cultural Podcast, baby. We're back. And for some, this is... This is going to be the first time you guys ever even hear of us. This is the Getting Cultural Podcast. This is the only podcast where true Miami culture, sports culture in Miami is said by, you know, someone that lives the culture, someone that lives and breathes, was born and raised, was bred by this culture, which probably means why I got kicked out of FIU because I sucked so bad. Because I live the culture. I mean it. This is my culture. This is my stuff. This is what I do. So this is the Getting Cultural Podcast. Like I said, real Miami sports talk from a real Miami guy, but speaking the truth. None of that corporate paid speaking opinions and, oh, the Dolphins are actually good. Well, we know they're not, right? Oh, the Marlins are good. Well, then make a playoffs. Oh, you can? Because you're not good. But this is coming from a guy, sorry. This is coming from a guy who loves his Miami sports teams as much as he loves his wife. And I got a pretty good wife. So that should say something. This is the Getting Cultural Podcast. We're going to talk all the Miami sports we can within the time constraint of whenever I stop talking. How about that? Also, not to forget, we've got sound effects. That one's for later. Of course, actually, it's for right now. We're going to start off this podcast the way we're going to start off every podcast. Every time we do a Getting Cultural Podcast, it's going to be like this. Father, Son, whoever you believe in, please God or whoever you believe in, do not let the men that I'm about to talk about hear the things I'm about to say about them. I felt it. I felt it. And if you felt it too, then I appreciate you. So I want to start off by talking about something that's a little old, but it is as Miami as it gets. And this Jorge Masvidal, if you haven't heard about him, then you're not listening to this podcast because everyone that's listening to this has heard of Jorge Masvidal, the street fighter from the 305 that came out and kicked Nate Diaz's, you know, rear hinds. His rear hinds were kicked to the to the bye-byes. <laughs> Man, how about this? Ready for those of you that don't understand the full scope of what Jorge Masvidal did? Nate Diaz fought Conor McGregor, the best. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not the best anymore because... The guy I fought, fought me three times. And then when Jorge Masvidal fights him, he comes out and says he's retiring. What? Jorge Masvidal, you made Nate Diaz quit. And then he got so much backlash, he came back and said, no, I'm not going to quit. Sorry. Sorry. But he quit. Immediately, you made Nate Diaz quit, Jorge. That is what you did. You are so good at what you do, you made your opponent quit. Let's not forget, he fought Conor McGregor three times, Nate Diaz did, and didn't quit. He fought Jorge Masvidal once and said, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think I'm done here. Yeah, I think I'm... Actually, he didn't really say it like that, honestly. For those of you that, that watched the fight and like, oh, he shouldn't have stopped it. For those of you that didn't watch the fight, it was an MMA fight in the third round out of five. Jorge Masvidal knocked out, technically knocked out. Nate Diaz, because the doctor saw the cut in his face, you know, the one that was three inches wide, right, honey? You know what that I'm talking about. Three inches wide of a cut of blood? Wide, not length, wide. And he wanted to keep fighting. Well, I'm sorry, you can't do that. 
So the doctor cut the fight early, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we know who was going to win that fight, right? No matter what Nate Diaz was going to do in the fourth and the fifth round, because that's his time. No, Jorge Masvidal was going to win that fight. Thank your lucky stars the doctor stopped that fight before he embarrassed your ass in the next round. Thank your lucky stars. And to be honest, for those of you that don't believe in CTE and, you know, head trauma, this fight needed to stop. Because if you haven't seen Nate Diaz's post-fight interviews, all of them, then you, then you don't know what I'm talking about. And this is it. Nate Diaz got hit so hard by Jorge Masvidal many times. And, you know, let's take into account all his other fights. This guy gets hit for a living. He sounded like this. He had, a, he had a fat lip, and he sounded super slow. Not that slow, you know what I mean? He sounded like this. And I'm allowed to make fun of that voice because I have a slight lisp. And if you have a speech impediment, you can make fun of a speech impediment at least until that can cancel you. And it can't cancel you yet. It can't cancel you yet. And with my slight lisp, I can make fun of the fact that Nate Diaz talked like this. He talked like this. There's nothing wrong with, with his thinking before fighting, but he talked like this. Jorge Masvidal made him come like this. Jorge Masvidal made me come like this. Sorry, Nate Diaz. Thank God for that doctor. Because imagine what you would sound like if Masvidal embarrassed you and knocked you out for real face on the floor of the octagon floor. The mat. That's what they call it. They mat. I'm educated in this stuff. Guys, <laughs> Nate Diaz, I want you to go home. Once you get your hands and knees and pray, well, not hands. Who gets on their hands and knees when they pray? Just do whatever you got to do to thank your God. Or if you're, you know, atheist, thank the tree outside your house that Jorge Masvidal didn't embarrass you any more than he already did. How about that? Because let's not forget the last guy Jorge Masvidal fought was greeted six seconds into the fight with a knee to the face and then Seven seconds into the fight, a face on the mat. Thank God that wasn't you, Nate. Just retire, take the L, and understand that there's one good thing about Miami, and that's, that's Jorge Masvidal. How about that? This is a super religious podcast. I don't know what they told you. <laughs> and how about, how about the Miami, the Miami Heat? Who are the Miami Heat? When did they get good? Now, people have said that Wade had to leave for the team to be good. Those people can kick rocks. And if anyone has heard anyone say that, then you're pretty crazy because I'm the one that made that up. But I don't mean it. I just pose questions. I throw questions in the air, see what sticks, and Wade leaving the team did not make the team good. Jimmy Bucket's coming in. Tyler Hero. Kendrick Norton, Nunn, Norton, Kendrick Norton's the, the, the Dolphin player with the arm thing. Kendrick Nunn, these young bucks, and Jimmy, because he, he's, he's got some age to him. These guys have made a bad team look really good. Granted, Earth is starting to fall on them a little bit. Reality's starting to set in, and they're starting to remember, oh, wait, we're the Heat. We have Eric Spolstra as our coach. We're not going to be that good. Which, by the way... Pothead, gummyhead, Dion Waiters, he said the same thing. He even came out and said a couple weeks ago that, and I quote, 
If I had LeBron, Bosch, and Wade, I'd have a ring too. So raise your hand if you're, if, you're, if you're a genius of basketball. This fat white guy is a genius of basketball. Anyone could win with Eric Spolster. That's why he's on the Curb Club. In case you don't know what the Curb Club is, if you're on the curb, what do you put on the trash? You put trash on the curb. So if you're on the curb, you're trash. And there's a whole club for you. Eric Spolstra, you're the founding father of the Curb Club. You're the president of the Curb Club, Mr. Trash Man. One day when you're good, you can come back inside. But right now, you're on the curb, Mr. Trash. You're in the Curb Club. Dion Waiters understands that. He has to get high and overdose on gummies just to deal with a plane ride with you. I didn't say it. You did. And by you, I mean Dion Waiters' actions. Because actions speak louder than words. How about that? But how about this team starting off so good? Like every, like every Marlin season, they start off so good, and then, oh, wait, we're, we're not supposed to be good. Let's stop this. And then reality starts to set in. The Marlins usually let that ride for like three weeks. The Heat said, now nah, we're going to cut it right now. We're going to cut it early, two weeks into the season, three weeks maybe, whatever. I don't know geography. Three weeks into the season, we're going to cut the, <laughs> the good times. <laughs> Didn't expect that to happen, but it happened. I, I just I want to know if we're good or not, and and I'll be honest, it's crazy how you can get a guy like Nunn, who was undrafted, and ball out better than someone picked in the the end of the first round of the NBA draft. I don't get basketball, man. I don't get how one guy can go undrafted and be great, and another guy drafted in the first round. How about the guy drafted before KD, and suck. Well, at least we end up, for the first time, a Miami team has been on the other side of that. Because we have to deal with Mr. Sixth Round of the NFL Draft, Tom Brady, gloating that in our face every year. Finally, we're on the good side. Finally, a GM in a Miami sports team got something right. Got one right, but you only need one, really, because there's only five. So we drafted Tyler Hero. We got Jimmy Buckets. We've got none. Man. Because if you would have asked me before the season, you asked me how many wins we would have got, I would have said none. And I'm not talking about the stud. You know what I mean? It's a play on words. Catch up. Keep keep up. But it's still early in the season. The team looks young and high energy, and that's going to work for about a minute. And then we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what these real, real basketball players are made of. And to be honest... You're an undrafted kid, man. I don't think you can carry a team when you're undrafted. Sorry, prove me wrong. You're not on the curb club. You've been doing great. You're inside having a sip of tea. You're inside having a nice cold beer. You're not on the curb yet. That's just your coach. Your coach is on the curb club. You, on the other hand, you're sitting pretty inside, looking all nice and cute with your W's. I like this Heat team, man. They're young. And they're... <laughs> They're doing really well. I, I, you're going to get a few L's. It's, you're not going to get 82 wins. You're not going to get 82 wins. You're barely going to get 70. You didn't get 70 when the big three were here. If you did, correct me. I, I don't care. But I don't remember getting 70 wins when the big three was here. We got close. We had that huge streak, but you're not going to get 70 wins. And to be honest, this isn't a team that's going to win in the playoffs, we might win our first round if we're lucky. But this is Tyler Hero, Nunn, Kendrick Nunn, and Jimmy Butler. 
with the dragon, the overhyped dragon who is on his way out to the curb. He's always been, in my opinion, the overhyped dragon coming off the bench. This isn't a team that's going to win you anything because none of those are names. Jimmy Buckets used to be a name. But you say Jimmy Butler, you think you're talking to a rich guy from Coral Gables talking about his butler named Jimmy. He's not a name yet anymore. He's not a name anymore. I love him. He's handsome as hell. He is so good looking. But he's got to work his way to being a good basketball player again. And I remember the quote. He had a quote this week. He's like, yo, Toto wasn't a good basketball player. Well, yeah. The numbers speak for themselves. You weren't a good basketball player. But now you're getting there. You're getting there. Buddy, hey, relax. You're getting there. Relax. I want to switch gears now to my sport, the sport that I didn't get a D3 scholarship to, and that's football. And let's go to college football because, man, I'm confused as hell. I'm confused. We're not going to talk about FIU because Miami culture is going, applying to UM Applying to FIU, not getting acceptance either, going to Dade, and being a UM fan. I'm not going to talk about FIU. When you're good, maybe. Butch Davis, why not us? Why not us? Because you're not good. There you go. So we're going to talk about UM. Are we good? No, 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 no. Seriously. Are we good? Is UM good or not? Because Georgia Tech... Is two and seven. Two wins, seven losses. One of those two wins was against the University of Miami. But we go on the road and pit, we win. We destroyed Louisville this last week. Like destroyed. I I'm confused. Are we good? I'm gonna say, this is this is I'm gonna say maybe. Which is the worst answer to give to a yes or no question. The worst answer to give to a yes or no question is maybe. And that's what I did for you. But we're looking at a team that got manhandled by Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, in case for anyone that doesn't know who Georgia Tech is, you put eight men in the box and you win. And you win. Hands down, you throw a shutout and you win when you put eight men in the box against Georgia Tech. That's how bad they are. That's how bad they are that I know how to beat them. But UM didn't beat them. <laughs> UM lost to a two and seven, a one and seven without UM playing them. But now we've won three in a row. We beat Louisville very nicely. And I hate to steal Jim Carrey's line, but mathematically, there is a chance. Now, when Jim Carrey said it, he was either dumb or dumber. When you say that about the Canes, you are the dumbest because it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot for the Canes. And by the way, this isn't for them to make it into national champion. This is for them to play for the ACC championship. You know, that basketball division, that basketball conference. In college, you know that. You know the one I'm talking about. It's going to take a lot. So they need to win out. They need Virginia to lose one of the games, Pitt to lose one of the games, and Virginia Tech to lose out. Because if we can tie Virginia and Pitt, 
I guess we have the tiebreaker over them because we don't. If they lose one of the games or lose out, look, man, do you understand how confusing it is? We need two teams to lose out, one team to lose one of their games, or two of their games, two of the remaining three, and then we need to win against FIU. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's gonna happen. And if it doesn't happen, then UM, you answer the question if you're good or not. But they're going to play you uh, FIU next week or the week after. They're playing FIU and then Duke. They're playing FIU and then that basketball team. That's, what, that's what's happening right now. They're playing FIU and Zion. We could win those two games. Now, if Manny Diaz decides to Manny Diaz this up and Georgia Tech it up, and lose those games, then yeah, no, we're not good. Because these are two teams that we should win. But hey, we should have won against Georgia Tech, right? And I don't remember the W coming in our column there, Colin. No, it didn't. So are we good? Maybe. But let's look into the future. Because every bright and shining star is a senior. Say, except for Jaron Williams, every nice play is made by a senior. Every name you know is a senior. And that means, unless they fail, <laughs> and even if they fail, I'm just, I'm just trying to make a joke out of it, but even if they fail, they cannot play anymore for the green and orange. They cannot play for the U anymore. They're seniors. They're done. This is their last year. So are we good right now? Yeah, yeah, we've won three in a while, three in a row. I think we can say we're good. Put up fifty against Louisville. I think we can say we're good. But next year is the big, big, big if. Pickney's gone, Quarterman's gone. Got no one on the defense except for that Rousseau kid, who's a stud. Rousseau has to be the first. <laughs> has to be the first French name that I've ever heard of being this good at football. Rousseau, they they got his application and they said, I think you you meant you want to be in, in the hospitality department. No, 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 this is the football team. And he said, oh, what do you think I'm doing here? I want to eat up the quarterback. I want to slice and dice the offensive line. I want to grab the running back and use it for seasoning and it's paprika and paprika and cilantro and, and running back for a running back souffle that I will use to eat the quarterback. I, I, it's a great French impression. But this Rousseau guy is the only good thing we've got about our team. He's the only solid thing we've got about our team. Because even Jaron Williams needs to be benched to be good. I don't want to bench him every three games for, just to win. Because then we're not going to win every third game. We don't need that. We need consistency. We need to win in the long run. And there's no good running backs because DJ Dallas, sorry, not sorry, you're on your way to the curb. You can get a really long run once in a game, and that looks great on the stat sheet. But if we're watching the game, you're not really impacting anything. You're not impacting anything. You need your O-line to block perfectly once a game for your stats to look good. And with our O-line, good luck. 
Good luck. Honestly, good luck. I'm going for you. I want that to happen. But it's not going to happen because our O-line, they're with Eric Spolster on the curb. They're with Tate Martell. They're in the curb club. They're all hanging out over there. There's no real bright spots for the future of the University of Miami. Except for the fans are hyped. Manny Diaz, you know, he still is bringing the energy. This f***ing Rudy guy, oh, I got to censor that. I got to gotta mark that. I'm not allowed to curse on this anymore. This Rudy kid broke the chain. The kid that can't even get on the field broke the turnover chain. Maybe that's symbolic. Maybe that's symbolism. Or maybe that's just terrible manufacturing of a chain. Either way, something's got to change. Something's got to change. I'm not even going to. No, that's terrible. Last thing I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about the Dolphins. I'm going to talk about the Dolphins because I don't know. I don't. I kind of got to ask the same question. Are we good? I mean, I know the answer is no. This one is a definitive no, but are we good? What are we doing here, man? Why are we win? I wanted to go 1-15 with a win against the Jets at home. I got that. I got the one win against the Jets at home. But now we went from 66% before the win to the Jets at getting the first overall pick to 17% chance at getting the first overall pick. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Here's, here's my hot take. I never wanted the first overall pick. That can go to Cincinnati because we have such terrible decision makers with the Miami Dolphins that they would have chosen a quarterback at first overall. When was the last time there was a quarterback that had a career long of success selected first overall? I think I'm going to have to go back to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Mr. Forehead Peyton Manning was the last time a first overall pick at a court, as quarterback panned out. And we, as the Miami Dolphins organization, because of course I get paid by them, and I can say we, the Miami Dolphins organization is so bad at making decisions. So bad at making decisions. We would have picked a quarterback first overall. He would have. Bond. He would have busted. He would have been bad. He would have been on the curb. Say what you want. He wouldn't have worked out. He wouldn't have. But of course we would have picked him first overall and it probably would have been Tua. That's how bad of decision makers they are. These Miami Dolphins decision makers probably wanted to draft Tua. I called it. I called it earlier. Tua's the kind of guy that's going to get injured Stepping out of his car, walking into an NFL training camp facility. Ain't got no meat on his legs. He tried getting meat on his legs, but <laughs> but he got injured. He got injured. Two has never been the answer. And yet, we would have drafted him first overall. Chances are, if we get the first overall pick, we'll draft him anyways. Because that's how bad of decisions we make as a Dolphins organization. No. What you want to do if you have the first overall pick, you need to pick someone whose job is as easily transitioned from college to NFL. What does that mean? This Chase Young kid, a Jadavion Clowney, a defensive end or an offensive lineman, or excuse me, a defensive lineman. You can get a D tackle, but you can get those anywhere in the draft. 
You want to get a Chase Young first overall because he doesn't have to read defenses, offenses. His rip-moving college is the same rip-move he's going to use in the NFL. His swim move, same thing. The way he reads a screen, same thing. That's why you want to go with a big boy with the first overall offensive lineman. Realistically, the blocking schemes are going to be very pretty similar. But at the end of the day, when his body's got to block another body, he's using the same techniques. Now, quarterbacks and receivers and running backs, they got to learn all new playbooks, all new terminology, all new plays, learn how to run these routes, run, the, uh, run in these gaps, read the defense at the NFL level. That's just too much to give a first overall pick with that much pressure to a 24-year-old kid coming out of college. You can't get a quarterback first overall. You got to get a lineman or an uh, offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. Dolphins weren't going to do that. They were going to get two of first overall. That's a big mistake. So what am I happy about? That we've won two games. Because Cincinnati, they're not going to win anything. They're not. Uh, Atlanta, they beat the Saints. They're done for the year. They're done working for the year. They're not going to get anyone. Anyone, any, anyone meaning any more wins. Who else is bad? Uh, Washington, they beat us. So, I mean, it doesn't take much to beat the Dolphins, but they beat the Dolphins. Look, man, there's enough bad teams to pick ahead of us. Pick ahead of the Dolphins. Get their terrible quarterback. Watch him bust in the NFL. And leave a, a real monumental pick for the Dolphins. Now, what pick are we going to get? It doesn't matter. We've got three picks in the first round this year. Two more in the second. It doesn't matter when we pick. We're getting the cream of the crop here. Why do you guys want the first overall pick so bad? You guys look like idiots. When you go to a bar, you're going to go hit on a girl. She's not going to be into you. You're going to fail. That's what the first guy does. The second and third guys, they're going to read the room. They're going to see who's getting eliminated, who's not there for them to take anymore. They're going to read the room, analyze what's better for themselves because they're getting drunk and they're realizing what they need. And they're going to make the best decision for themselves. And they're going to get laid. They're going to get laid. Not you, first guy in the bar. You're walking home alone with old Manuela. Dolphins, you don't want to come home by yourself. Get you a couple more W's. Even if you don't, two wins is fine. We're still early on in the draft, and we still got two more picks after that early pick. We're good. Don't go for the first overall, and when it's your time to pick, pick someone at the third pick, the fourth pick. Pick the best person on the, on, on, on the board. That's what we did with Laramie Tunsil, and that's what we did with Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick is going to win Defensive Player of the Year, and I'm going to buy a Steelers Fitzpatrick jersey because when we traded him for a first pick, for a first-round pick, I doubt whoever we get with that pick is going to be as good as Minka Fitzpatrick is. Same thing with Laramie Tunsil. We got two picks in exchange for him. I doubt any of those two can fill the void he did. 
He left us. But, hey, we got draft picks. We're going to trade them all for the first overall pick. And we're going to draft Tua. And this team is going to stay sorry. Because the newest members of the Curb Club, every decision maker in the Dolphins organization, is going to ruin it for us. But, welcome to the Miami culture. Guys, we got cultural, as cultural as we could. Jorge Masvidal, the only good thing about Miami. You can also throw in the Young Guns and Jimmy Butler with the Heat. They're good about Miami. Canes, they're all up in limbo. And the Dolphins decision makers who are going to ruin the foreseeable future. They're doing worse for the Dolphins that Jeter did for the Marlins. Boom, I said it. They're all going to ruin the Dolphins organization. But hey, at least I bought season tickets this year. This is the Getting Cultural podcast. You know, whatever. We're trying to create a culture. You're not going to be able to change the culture overnight. The Miami Heat culture. This part of this culture. Culture. Culture.